Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to You Did It, the podcast. I am your host, Alicia Rotaru. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, review, and rate this podcast. It would be greatly appreciated. For those of you tuning in here with me for the first time, I just want to say thank you. You did it. It has been a passion of mine to put out a podcast. And after thinking about it for so many years, You Did It was finally born. The reason that I wanted to start this podcast is because my family and I have met so many amazing people through our short but intense journey of parenthood thus far. I'm sure a lot of people can relate. We're first-time parents, so, you know. And I wanted to get conversations going to talk about our experiences and learn from others and share our journey with our community and other people out there just looking for some guidance and advice. And that doesn't mean you have to be a parent or caregiver. This podcast is also geared towards those people that don't personally have kids themselves, but are involved in the lives of children. So sit back, relax, have a drink if you need one, and welcome to episode two of You Did It, the podcast. You did it! <laughs> My guest for this episode is Dr. Christine Anderson. She is a pediatric chiropractor, but she also does work on adults. My entire family and I have been under her care for chiropractic work in Los Angeles for over two years. And yes, Nova as well, while she was in the womb. Dr. Anderson has been in practice for over 30 years. She is also trained in craniosacral therapy and neuroemotional technique. She has her own podcast you can check out as well called Your Baby's Brilliant Brain and a super informative and educational YouTube channel. One of my favorite things about her is that she is so knowledgeable and likes to empower her patients to learn and function at their most optimal level. We are so grateful to have found her. She was referred to us by our doula, which we'll hopefully also have on the podcast. But it has been an honor to be under her care and have her as a guide in our lives. Please welcome Dr. Chris. I look to you for so much guidance. And this is why I invited you here today. And I'm so happy you said yes, because I'm trying to pay that forward with other people in the community that might not know about chiropractic work for kids. and prenatal chiropractic work and postpartum chiropractic care and chiropractic care for your little baby, like your newborn, like all of these crazy things that I didn't know about either. <laughs> like I have so many questions, but hi, I'll stop rambling now. I just can't. Hi, Elise. Well, one thing I love about you is that you are so inquisitive and not only that, but you actually do take my advice. Well, sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> and you look at me right now. <laughs> well, so, no, a lot of times. But, you know, sometimes I have all this info, but people, they might even ask, but then they go, oh, that's, that's too much or that's too hard or that's not in my wheelhouse. Right. So I just love that you really do. You're like a sponge soaking up all this information <laughs> and you are so inquisitive. And I love that you're sharing this with people because it really is something that people need to know. And guess what, Elise? I did it too, three times. <laughs> and this is what's so beautiful. You did it. I mean, I did you it. did do it. And that's you know, sorry, I have the squeakiest chair in the world, you guys. Any chair sponsors out there want to, you know, donate a chair? Please do. Sorry about that. Um, but yes, and th this is literally like my second child that you did it because it spawned out of having my first um, and meeting people like yourself along my journey and pre and postnatal care. Um, I'd love for you to just like give us a little intro about yourself. There's so much I could say, but I'd love I'd love for you to just give us a little 411. I mean, obviously you're a doctor. I mean, what's your journey? Like, where did you start? How did you even get into chiropractic? Right. And, you know, you haven't then seen my YouTube video did on why I became a chiropractor. So you might want to check it out. Well, I did. I did. You did? You saw it? I saw it. You did. But our listeners and viewers may not have yet. And everyone listening, um, Dr. Anderson has her own amazing YouTube channel called Your Baby's Brilliant Brain. Correct. Check it out. You'll learn so much from there as well. But 
yeah, give our, give our new listeners a little spiel about yourself. Absolutely. See, this is what I mean. Not everybody would have watched that video, but I do think it is important when you are working with people, knowing where they came from is so important because you want to work with people that are resonating with um, what you want to do in your family. So there's going to be some things that just in your gut feel right. Mm -hmm. And it really goes back to where they came from and how they're operating. And my story is a little bit different than a lot of other chiropractors because I was actually on the track of uh, pre-med going to med school. Um, when someone approached me, I was working in a fitness salon. It was a women's one because at this time, women's gyms were separate from men's. Mm -hmm. And I, I, you know, what are you doing? I was there in summer. What are you doing in school? Pre-med? No, you should become a chiropractor. And I'm like, what is that? And this was the age of uh, bringing in pamphlets and brochures. Pre-internet, yes, there was a time, people. I still love those personally. <laughs> where uh, you have written material. I have yours in my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> so the message resonated with me about the philosophy of chiropractic, which is that the body is able to heal itself from within. And it is all having to do with what's going on with the brain. If the brain has top-down control, everything can work seamlessly, function great. You can heal yourself. But there are, if there are any interferences in the brain communicating in the brain and with the rest of the body communicating back up to the brain, then there's going to be a disconnect. And that's when dis-ease can occur and symptoms and whatnot. So this really resonated with me because my eyes were really kind of opened when I was 12, when my dad had his first heart attack at the age of 32. And so even though now that I know what I know, mm -hmm. uh, at that time, he quit smoking. He started walking after, you know, in the, in the evenings. Um, he actually quit his job and started his own business wow. that we helped him out with. So uh, the food was different. Unfortunately, it's not the type of food I would have suggested now, right. but whatever. <laughs> but the point being, in general, my brain went, oh, so what we do in our lives actually affects our health. Yeah. And um, so that philosophy of chiropractic really resonated with me. And I just decided basically on a dime because that made sense to me that I wasn't going to go to medical school. I was going to go to chiropractic college and I had never been to a chiropractor. I didn't really understand everything involved, yeah. but that's that's kind of where I was coming from. Oh, that's amazing. And now you're here. You have a successful practice in Los Angeles. I mean, every time we've been to your office, it's flooded with patients. Sometimes we're nervous if we can even get an appointment with you, but you're so gracious with your time. And what I love the most about walking into your space is like just the energy that you've created and you hold space for all walks of life. Like I mentioned earlier, like women that are pregnant, their partners, the little babies, possibly people dealing with other things. But I, I love this idea that I obviously got introduced to while being pregnant of getting adjusted. I never thought of it before. I barely saw a chiropractor. And I, I wanted to kind of intro and talk about that because I don't know for all the people listening out there, if you've ever thought about getting adjusted if you're pregnant, maybe you're like, oh, is that safe? I'm not sure. You know, maybe there's some weird taboo about that. But I wanted to discuss that because it has helped me immensely. I'm a physical person. I've always been active in my entire existence. And becoming pregnant, like, scared the shit out of me, to be honest, because I was like, oh, my God, I can't do, like, 80 to 90 percent of the things that I love to do, like, ski, ride a horse, or, go, you know, do all those weird things <laughs> that also are kind of part of my job. And then, of course, like still working out till I was able to deliver, I noticed that there was obvious changes in my spine and my hips and my pelvis, like all those things needed to like open the gateway for a delivery. So I'd love to just like kind of tap on that idea. Like how does one maybe like get started in prenatal care if they're going down this journey? right? Like when should they come in? Like if they've never done it before, what's a good time? Uh, as soon as possible. Cool. I mean, there's things that we experience all along the way in pregnancy. Some women um, 
have nausea. They call it, you know, morning sickness. That's a bunch of bull. It's all day sickness. It's like, forget it. Uh, some women don't have an issue with this. Right. And, whew, but some people do. Don't hate me. So I didn't. <laughs> I know. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, you know, I have been blessed in many ways. That was not one of them. Um, so the sooner the better because consistent chiropractic care uh, can help with any issues that might come up, or maybe you might not get those issues because your body is self-healing and self-regulating as it should. Mm -hmm. And it is a different state of being. So there are physiologic changes that occur. Mm -hmm. And I really go into de detail on this in a video I did on another YouTube channel I have, which is Dr. Christine Anderson, chiropractor. Mm -hmm. There is a video I did on pregnancy and chiropractor. So I go uh, chiropractic. So I go into detail, but the essence of it is, is that you have, uh, you have the passenger, the baby mm -hmm. inside the body. So mm -hmm. we want to make sure that there's enough room for that baby to have uh, space to grow. Mm -hmm. They need to actually move in order to do that. And then as the time approaches for labor and delivery, we want engagement of the head. We want proper positioning with the back of the head facing forward optimally. And all of this is dependent on the alignment of mom's pelvis. Right. So if you have misalignments going on, it's going to change the shape of that outlet. And then that passage may not be optimal for an easier birth. So the, the consistency of seeing a chiropractor can be really helpful and then towards the end, you're going to be coming in more often just to make sure everything's lined up. Mm -hmm. And then the brain sends those signals down to the things like the cervix and the uterus to do the job that they're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. So the worst thing that I that for me is to hear that women are in labor for three days and things in. Oh, yeah. And things didn't progress, et cetera. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, because if things are working as they should, it shouldn't be a huge long process. And I've even gone into women in labor if they're having uh, issues with not progressing or the baby stuck or you know, whatever and help get things going. I remember so. you gave me that card of yours and you're like, call me if any shit goes down and nothing's moving forward. Yeah. And I'm like, hopefully yeah. I don't have to. But that was right. so exactly. amazing. That's that's the whole point. Yeah. Like yeah. to have you in the corner like that, just in case, like I'm glad I didn't have to call. Um, but I, I think it's like it's such an interesting topic because it's I don't know how many people out there have heard about this. Like maybe it was just me and like some some of my close friends. But a lot of my friends that have had kids were like, oh, I never th thought about getting adjusted. And then, you know, upon delivery, right. this is the other concept. Never thought about having their babies adjusted. And I kind of I want to talk right. about that. Right. Like that's and if we think about it, it all makes sense. Like, Yeah. They're all these like little amoebas cooped up up in there and now they're out into the world. So when do you bring your baby in? As soon as possible. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm at a birth, I'll work on the baby right after. I mean, of course, they're going to bond with mom. Yes. And, but as soon as possible at the, after yeah. the birth, I'll check them out. Yeah. And sometimes things don't manifest right away. So then I might check them out a few days after if there's nothing going on. Yeah. But as soon as possible. Absolutely. Because why we're conditioned to wait to go to a quote unquote doctor. I almost don't like that term because it connotates that, you know, we're these people that come in and do the healing. I look at it more doctor traditionally means teacher, a guide, right? So that's how I like to look at myself is that I'm teaching people what true healing is about. So why we wait until there's problems going on before we start looking at things. And then traditionally, if you go into a medical doctor, they're going to medicate symptoms or, um, you know, they have their other tools, mm -hmm. but they're rarely looking at what led up to those symptoms occurring. Mm -hmm. So it's the same thing with a baby. People think, well, my baby doesn't have a problem. Why should I bring them in? Mm -hmm. Okay, fair enough. But if you're looking at the traditional medical paradigm, yeah. But if you're looking at wellness and holistic, uh, 
it doesn't make sense to wait till symptoms come mm. on because if you can take care of problems before they present with symptoms, it's even better. Yeah. So it's like the, the bulk of an iceberg is underneath the water. You just see the tip. Right. So a lot of things really have to occur sometimes before you have these symptoms occur. So why not start off life with full expression of your brain and nervous system, which is going to create optimal functioning in your body? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, you were so enlightening to our family when we met you. So grateful we met you pre-delivery because you you spawned some really great thoughts in us, even just about car seats. Like when we started talking about that, I was like, holy shit, I didn't even think about that. But it totally makes sense. And I think that's something wonderful to touch on, too, because... That was one of the reasons we brought her in for sure was because she was in a car seat a lot. I mean, we lived in L.A. at the time and we live further. So when we come see you, we're like, we need an appointment. Are you seeing that a lot with people being a little bit more open now to having chiropractic work done on their little BBBs? I mean, are you getting a lot of referrals? I think so. I think so. I think there's. Yeah, I, I do see it changing. I've been doing this for a long time. Uh, over 30 years now. Well, almost 33. Amazing. Um, yeah, well, thank you, darling. <laughs> <laughs> so at first, it, it really, it really was, you know, slow with the education process. But I think more and more, um, people are understanding and there too, because I was working on children, and because I uh, I wanted to be an expert. I had additional training in this. So I want people to understand that, yes, all chiropractors can adjust children and babies. It's within our scope of practice. Right. But then I say, but should they? Should they all adjust babies? Right, right, right. And I've had a number of chiropractors bring their babies into me to have me work on them. Wow. Because they, did, they weren't trained in how to work with newborns and young babies. Right. And I have to give them kudos because they realize they had limitations. So just because we can doesn't mean we should. Right. And this is why I went through three years additional training in pediatrics. Mm -hmm. I went through additional training in cranial sacral therapy. Mm -hmm. So I know I knew what I was doing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I felt very confident. And I think when you feel confident that you know what you're doing, mm -hmm. It also then is portrayed to the parent that you actually do know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And after I do an exam, I, I talk about what I found, what it means, what I want to do. So there's a lot of education yeah, there. Yeah, you are also awesome like that. They know it. <laughs> yeah, so they know exactly what's going to happen so that they have a comfort um, with, with actually bringing their baby in for me to work on them. Well, yeah, like we know firsthand with Nova when we brought her in and you know, I was speaking to this earlier of this idea of um, like in another episode with David, when we were talking about ISR, it's a different sensation and feeling in their bodies, even like in ours, right? If you're getting adjusted or doing something different, you're kind of expanding and it's uncomfortable maybe at first. So you let out a little wee cry or like it's different territory. And I remember when Nova was with you, we were like, oh, wow, like how is she going to take it? And there was one instance where we came in and you had she was like crying and like fussy and then you adjusted her and then it stopped. <laughs> she was just like, ah, it was almost like, oh, thanks. Like, and it was so cool to witness that. And Ryan and I were just like, oh, wow, sweet. Like, this is kind of nice. And she slept amazing that day. And that whole like neurons firing down from the brain, like that communication, I feel like we could see it unfold in her little body. And we still see it unfold like after we leave your office too. Like there's just almost like a like a zen, like like kind of elated vibe, right? That I'm I can even relate to as a full grown adult. But I, I feel like that's so magical to witness. Like that I think when you see it, that's the cool part. Cause it it like it transcends like into <laughs> like out of their yeah. being, right? You're like, well. There are some magical moments. I mean, I'm not going to lie. There are some babies that will scream their heads off. Yeah. It's like you'd think I was had a hot poker or something. Yeah. And then all of a sudden things release and they literally fall asleep. Yeah. 
I need cameras on me at all times so I can catch yeah, those yeah, moments. Yeah. But it is it is quite magical. But while the baby's screaming, it's not. Right. And and this is why I have to explain to parents, I'm not hurting them. This is yeah. a releasing process. Yeah. And they have so much tension going on in their body that this is what they're doing to help releasing it. And that's all they have is a cry. Mm -hmm. But once it releases, they won't need to cry. And I said, it's actually an indication. So if a baby has something going on, like they're having trouble nursing mm -hmm. or they have colic mm -hmm. or sleep issues or whatever it is, uh, that's a symptom. That means there's something going on. We have to figure out where the imbalances are. Mm -hmm. But once things regulate and the imbalances start to uh, normalize and they don't have so much tension in their body, I work on them. I touch them. They're like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I say. It's a barometer yeah. that when they start kind of relaxing during their adjustments, that means that we've gotten to a point where the irritation is is so much less that they don't need to cry anymore. Yeah. No, I think that's so beautiful. I've seen it firsthand. Like... It's such a it's such an experience. I mean, I don't know how you do it with kids crying in your face like that, but you are so even keel. <laughs> it's just like do 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 do. And what I loved about it um, was how you also gave us like the confidence in in her. She can do it. Like that was for us really empowering as parents. Like first time parents were like, what the fuck? Like, we don't know what we're doing. Like, OK, <laughs> I hope she feels great. And we could but we could see it after every appointment and her development. And I think what was also really nice, how you would be like, this is the pressure I'm using. And you'd be like, this is what I'm doing. And we're like, oh, cool. Sweet. OK, because like you said, their cries are like astronomical, but it's because, you know, they're imbalanced or whatever it just needs to be like I mean you have so much information on your website and I love going into your office like I have all your pamphlets so like don't discard them I love them because I do love reading ink on paper and pen on paper still I'm old school like that but I think what's really fascinating is like this whole idea that I was listening to one of your um, YouTube videos was the like developmental stages and you were like, here's what to look for. Like, here are certain things. And if they're not doing these things, like, I'm just going to say red flag. That might be, like, too extreme. But really check it out and, like, follow that lead. And I just kind of wanted to talk on that because, like, this alone could be, like, another episode for sure. Because we had conversations like that, too. And currently now, like, we're dealing with her. She's two. And, like, last time you saw her, you know, she's, like, she's sitting in that W position. And, like, she's doing all these things. And... You know, as a parent at home, I don't have your touch. I would never even go there with her. But it, having that guidance to see what we should be looking for and what we shouldn't be looking for is nice. So are there some things out there that as new parents, for example, that are listening, pop out a kid, cool, cool, kids doing their thing, you know, what's the first what's the first kind of like milestone like they're trying to achieve that if you're looking for dysregulation or see something that's very clear, like what would that be off the top of your head? Like if something is not right, like, you know, is it at like one week, two weeks, like when there's still little amoebas, like it's always a weird time, you know, because you're like, what am I looking for? It is a weird time because especially if this is your first time with a baby, yeah. you don't know, you're just getting used to life yeah. and the baby's getting used to life and being in a body. And yeah. It is difficult. <laughs> being in a body. But, <laughs> and that too. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the first things is that, and I hear this a lot, oh, my baby's head is so strong, they're holding up their head and it's like a, they're like a day. And your baby should not be able to hold up their head until about three weeks-ish. So think about that. You go, oh, so why can they hold their head up? Well, that means that there's some uh, tightness or increased tone that's going on in their spine. Huh. So they're able to hold the head up when it should be very floppy. Uh, so it's not strength. It's actually tightness it. In the system around the brain and the spinal cord. Interesting. So that's sort of the first thing, because I hear this all the time and I'm like, 
they'll be like, my baby's head is really strong. And I'm like, maybe. Yeah, they're like pumped <laughs> about it. You're like She-Hulk baby. Yeah. But having said that, your baby should be holding their head up by about three weeks. It may be still wobbly and they'll kind of wobble and hold it up yeah. and it'll crash. So that's your first sign that the baby's brain is sending those signals to the muscle to hold their head up because you're going to start with gross motor tone first. And that holding up of the neck is not only telling you that connection between the brain and that those muscles there, but also they're developing their neck curve. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The other thing is starting around, I would say three to four weeks or so, you'll start to see your baby focusing more on you and making more eye contact and having a connection. And then by seven weeks, they should be giving a nice purposeful smile at you. like locked in. Because you want that (laughs) social emotional connection. All right. That, that's the first step in, in recognizing and having that eye contact Right, um, is that your baby's responding to you. So I think kind of those two things will let you know that your baby's on the right, starting out on the right path, so to speak. OK, that's cool. That's awesome. And I go like you said, I go into more detail on my milestone. Yeah. Development. I watch those videos. Yeah. And that one's again on my Dr. Christine Anderson chiropractor YouTube channel. I can't remember if I put it on your baby's brilliant brain. That's the problem with having too many things. But um, I think you talked about it on your podcast, which everyone listening and watching, Dr. Anderson also has a beautiful podcast. So if you can't watch the videos, check out the podcast too. I'll link all of this in the description. But no, we we came home and we watched those videos. Like Ryan and I were like, okay, cool. Like trying to make sure this is like in alignment, pun intended. Um, hearing all this, I mean, I can talk about my journey, which I found super appreciative. Like you were actually so helpful in helping us figure out this other concept of like a tie, like a tongue tie. We went and saw a dentist to help us navigate that too and like even that concept that you brought that awareness to us like when you were like working on her mouth and like her palate was so enlightening because like didn't you didn't even know about that you know and then it's like well okay cool here's another door that's been open to just understanding because we actually like we didn't have a problem latching with her so it was like cool she's eating she's cool but it was actually interesting because of what you witnessed in her adjustments that she did have a tie, but they were like, okay, you don't need to release it. Like you can or you can't, but it might. And we were like, okay. So we like debated with that one. We'll see what happens in the future. Sorry, kid. Um, but like that was alone super cool to hear too. And of course, every time we leave your office, I'm just like, give me some more intel. Like what else is there? And now a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Rad Energy. We are on our phones all day long and they emit radiation that is toxic to our health. Rad Energy's signature Shungite phone cases protect you from your cell phone's toxic radiation naturally. So head over to radenergy.io and get protected now. Use code YOUDIDIT for 10% off. And now, back to our episode. I wanted to bring up like gadgets and gear and like all that shit, right? Because like there is so much out there for little BBs, into infants, into toddler life, into teen, like adolescent teen life. <sighs> Without sounding too negative Nancy here, what are some of your like most like like top five like do not do these things with your kids? You know, like what are those like <laughs> not trying to crap on the brands people, but <laughs> just saying like what are some of the, the gear and gadgets and toys that parents might not know about that they should kind of not use you know what i'm saying you know what i'm asking oh yes i do i call them contraptions okay yeah the contraptions thank you Yeah. (laughs) yeah so for babies basically uh most of the contraptions whether it's a bouncy seat or um uh what else are there the swings Jolly jumpers. Um, definitely the Johnny jumpers, yes, yeah. uh, the saucers, um, anything really that you put your baby into. 
So the things you do need, you're going to need a car seat. I call it a necessary evil because mm-hmm. we need it. Mm-hmm. But you just want your baby to ride in the car in it. And then you take them out when you get to wherever you're going. You don't leave them in the car seat sleeping. Um, so so just to they're... clarify off that note, you're talking about those car seats that transform from a car seat and then just plop right into a stroller frame. Yeah, that one or people will just put take the car seat out and carry it. Right. Which they're heavy. Yeah, they are. It's crazy. It's like a workout and a half. Yeah. Okay. Or, you know, they'll let their kids sleep in it or just whatever. Because they're in like this It's so hard on the spine. Yeah. A baby cannot sit up by itself. So you're putting it in a position that's not beneficial for their spines, puts too much pressure on their sacrum. Their neck isn't, no matter what, you can't support the neck I mean, I used to do all sorts of things to try and keep my baby's necks from like doing tilting really. over in the car seat. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> exactly. All Here's of, my all example. Of the above. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, so all of those things put the baby into a confined position. And when you do that, they can't move their bodies. Well, the way that they develop their brain is by moving their bodies. Mm-hmm. And that starts with the primitive reflexes because they don't have a brain to actually move their bodies. But they can't do that. So, for instance, rolling over, they're laying on their backs. You've got some sort of pelagium over there. Dr. Chris approved contraption. Yeah. They're not in it. Yeah. It's around them. Yes, yes. <laughs> So they turn their head to look. Oh, there's something really cool over there. Maybe they reach their arm over. And next thing you know, they've rolled over. And their brain goes, oh, so when I did that, this is what happened. So this is kind of how the brain starts developing. But if they're in some sort of contraption, they can't do that. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Uh, they need to develop their neck curve. If they're in a contraption, then they don't, they're not going to be able to hold their head up and they can't use the right muscles to do that. That's why you need tummy time from birth till it develops. Um, sorry, I think I said three weeks before for neck development. It's mm-hmm. uh, three months. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sorry, little brain. Little brain, brain glitch. There. Yeah. Three months, everyone. That's three okay. Months. It's all right. Um, but you can start early by putting the your baby on your chest so they can lift their head up, look at you, which is, that's their favorite thing to look at Mm -hmm. anyway. Mm -hmm. So they're not smashing their face into the floor until about three weeks where they have a little bit of head control. And then that just gets better and better. But if they're in a contraption, they can't practice using those muscles, nor will they develop a proper neck curve. So, um, yeah, anything that puts them into those, confined positions for 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 prolonged periods of right, time right obviously if you need to use something you need to put them in a swing so you can get something hot off the stove or jump in the shower yeah. for five minutes yeah yeah okay yeah 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 but you're talking like hours on end like if you're just gonna like blob out and like zone out as a parent for a minute thinking they're having a great time because like one of the things you educated us on I remember I asked you about the Jolly Jumper because I think I bought it for a friend. I'm sorry. If, I'm sorry. I didn't know. You know, and you were talking about the hips and like it all makes sense. Like, why would you put that gravity on those little hips that can't hold that weight yet on its own? But like, we don't get explained this stuff as the layman. Like, we don't know, you know, unless you're really creepily diving into it. So that like that was huge for us to, you know, and Nova... Nova never had those things. And like, maybe she missed out. Sorry. But I feel like she's. You know. I don't. I really don't think she missed out, darling. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> FOMO. She will, but when she's you know. ready for jumping, she will be jumping. Oh, she, and, she and her hips, yeah. her hips will be ready for that. Yeah, she's on a trampoline um, right now, I think, which is great. Well, there you go. That's what I'm saying. Crushing it. And then I would say as uh, kids get not even that much older, uh, electronic devices, I'm not into. I'm not uh, a fan, especially for young children. First of all, children under three should not be 
watching anything electronic, never mind having a, a phone in their hand or an iPad or whatever. TV? TV even. I mean, she watches The Little Mermaid. But at least that is better. Yeah. <laughs> at least that's a, a device that's, you know, on the wall, feet away. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then oftentimes, even if that's the case, most kids will be playing and not really paying attention. But, yeah. you know, ideally, they wouldn't have any devices under the age of three for their brain development. Yeah. And also this guy, like this, like head craning oh. issue that I always well, see. Yeah. So that's, that's in adults. <laughs> that's in kids who are, I mean, oh, kids, what, what do kids need a phone for? I mean, they got to text their grandma and grandpa what they want for Christmas. Duh. Like. Okay. So <laughs> they can call, yeah. <laughs> put it on speakerphone with the phone off their body. Yeah. 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 So I'm not saying that I want to throw all electronics out forever right. and ever, but I see them doing a lot more damage, especially for kids with childhood developmental disorders. Right. It usually is a bone of contention. It's very addicting. And then they have a fit when it, you know, when it's time to put it away, they're not moving their bodies enough. Yeah. I mean, I could go on and yeah. on and on. Yeah. So I, like I said, I don't want electronics to go away, but we have to use these things responsibly. And yeah. typically I have blue light blocking glasses on when I'm on my computer. But... I do too. Mine are actually right here. And I was thinking about wearing, actually, let me just put them on. But I feel like it's just going to glare so weird with like the uh, computer. Yeah. Hey. It's not that weird. Those are, those are nice. Mine are more uh, amber, but I don't know where they are right now. So I'll just... I'll keep mine on. They're already on now. They're latched in. I like them. I like those. They're good. They're more like normal. Because I had ones that were like super like computer tech, like nerd looking ones. And I'm like, ooh, those are cool too. Mm -hmm. But these are more light. I think that's such a like a nice segue into what I wanted to bring up next, which might be touchy for some people. But like in your practice, like are you seeing a lot of like developmental stuff with kids these days and like how does chiropractic help with that like on your website you talk about ADHD um, and you talk about like other things and like are you seeing are you seeing more of it now like than you did over the past few years like I'm just curious like just all of that stuff that people could dive into more and also how how does adjustment help with that you know like if if kids are coming in older, for example, and they're beyond the infant toddler stage. Uh, lots of questions in there. So I know. Sorry, I have like, that's all I'm, right. I'm the worst. <laughs> Just like eight questions in one. I think I got them all. Uh, because one of my specialties is childhood developmental disorders with a focus on functional neurology. Wow. I probably do see more than most people. Is it more prevalent? Probably. I mean, it's been pretty bad for a while. Okay. But uh, I can never remember stats. I do know yeah. that things like autism are getting uh, more prevalent. And I did do a video on ADHD um, or maybe in connection with a video I did on functional disconnection syndrome. And I'll explain in a second what, what that is. Okay. Um, but I joined a bunch of ADHD Facebook groups and it's overwhelming the problems that these people are going through. Wow. And it's, I could spend all day just answering questions. We'll do a live. It we'll do is. A live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Another platform, Ooh. another day. <laughs> yeah. But I will tell you the, the underlying cause of anything, any label you want to give it, ADHD, autism, dyslexia, learning disorders, sensory processing, whatever, mm. it all harkens back to the nervous system. Mm -hmm. And in general with these kids, I have to go back to the basics and the foundation of brain development, which occurs at the brainstem. Mm. So I just had a new patient come in today, uh, seven years old. Mm -hmm. And he has ADHD and he cannot 
stay still. I mean, it was a challenge. I actually did get him when I was working on his cranial bones. Uh, I was just checking him out today. I didn't do any work. And he actually did sort of calm down for a minute. And I also have a tool that I use to stimulate the parasympathetic system, which is the rest and digest system. Mm. So, um, so I have to go back to the foundation. So this is where I go back to primitive reflexes. Mm-hmm. Now, my favorite is working with babies in that first year of life to make sure that they have their primitive reflexes and then they integrate. Mm. I've done a ton of videos on primitive reflexes on my Dr. Christine Anderson chiropractor YouTube channel. I've talked about them in general. I go through each one in particular. But the reason I do and I spend so much time is because if our foundation of our brain development is shaky, everything above it is going to be not functioning at optimal. Right, right. So, um, so this, it's, it's like, I would rather work on prevention, yeah, rather than having to go backwards in time. Because a lot of negative habits occur as we go on and do the same things over and over and over. Right. And most of it is involving Uh, one side of the brain being more active than the other. So there's an imbalance or a disconnection. And this is where functional disconnection syndrome comes in, where it's the two sides of the brain function, but they're not connecting and speaking to each other. And therefore, then you get symptoms. So uh, I detail in there what it's all about. I actually have also a video just on brain hemispheres, because once you understand what each hemisphere does and they do d- different things, yeah. you can see like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So if the, if the right side of the brain puts the brakes on unwanted thoughts, behaviors, and actions, and you don't have access to your right brain, you're going to move all the time. You're going to say things. You're going to blurt things out. You're going to mm-hmm. be impulsive. Mm-hmm. You're going to, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm story of my life. So <laughs> that is, uh, <laughs> that's maybe a short answer yeah. to that question. No, that's amazing. I just feel like there's so much technology around. Like, you know, Ryan and I had an interesting experience the other day at a restaurant. Nova was with us for dinner and we've taken her with us for dinner and parties ever since she was born. And she doesn't have a thing, a little device and whatnot. And she was just sitting there chilling, eating the dinner, you know, playing with her food, like a little like, you know, two-year-old wacky, like throwing shit around, whatever. And this woman had like kind of clocked me on on my peripheral and got up, walked over and was leaving the restaurant and looks at us and she was there the whole time watching us while we were having dinner and goes, "How did you how do you guys do that?" I'm like, "Do what? Like what are you talking about?" And she was like, I was watching you guys the whole time, which might sound creepy, but like you don't have an iPad for your kid and you didn't you didn't give her your phone. And like she was like so cool. And I'm not trying to sound like that person, listeners, but it was just such a weird moment where I've never experienced someone coming up to us to like compliment us on like the lack of a device or whatever, because we Ryan and I set some ground rules as parents early on about that and like letting her own body like navigate and what you were like being functional within its own realm. But it was cool. Like she clocked it and was just kind of like, cool, like that's awesome. And I'm like, well, I don't know how we we just decided that, you know, screen time is for very specific times the way that we want to cultivate her. And she's cool with it for the most part. I mean, as cool as a two-year-old can be until they time out. Like, don't get me wrong. She can't sit there for three and a half hours, but... <laughs> It was just really interesting. So that's why I'm glad you brought that up because you probably see so much of it with your patients maybe these days. And oh, it is, it's everywhere. Sure. Like I had, man, I used to teach acting and there was kids that would walk in that are eight and have like an iPhone. And I'm like, my God, what are you doing? <laughs> like, It was, for me, it was weird. Like maybe I'm just old school like that, but. Anyway. Well, it is weird and it's not wrong to be old school because if electronics were doing such good for our children's brains, why then are more and more kids having issues? When you take it away and they like freak out. Not even when you take it away, just issues in general. I wonder, yeah. 
academically, socially, yeah. physically. Yeah. Well, the amount of kids I see on social it's, media is It's weird not too. getting... Like, that's yeah, It's not getting thing. better. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, my kids didn't grow up with electronics. Oh, my goodness. I mean, there was a little tape recorder. My daughter would put a cassette in oh, to listen to a little books. <laughs> you know, you... Yeah, she was born in 1990. So she yeah. would have her little tape recorder, put the cassette in, and then it's the one you listen to, you read the book with it. Yeah, yeah. But if we went out to eat, we had things, we had coloring books, we we had, you know, maybe a puzzle, we we had things for them to do. And um, we also took our kids everywhere, we traveled with them, they came out to dinner with us, they knew etiquette. And even to this day, as they did get older and have phones... They wouldn't dare pull them out in front <laughs> and just start being on their phones because, yeah, it's like, um, hi, yeah. are you, you know, we're here, present, having this moment. It's not time to be on your yeah. phone. However, I will say we are also models of that. We're not sitting there on our phones, mm-hmm. checked out mm-hmm. while... We, our kids are mm-hmm. there. So we're we're actually engaging. And I think this is um, a problem, too. I'm not judging any parents, but you have to look at yourself in the mirror mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when you see behavior occurring in your child. Mm-hmm. What are you doing that might be playing into what they're doing? Mm-hmm. And I had a mom come in today. So a, a child with ADHD has come in. He was actually having defiant behavior as well, as well as... Um, uh, they're terming it eloping. He would just run off. Oh. We used to call it just run off. So oh. now it's eloping. I'm like, oh, getting married? Okay. Like eloping Not in terms eloping. of like just would peace out of the house or like just like. Just leave, like wow. run off from school. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So uh, he's doing great. He actually had a moment in my office today when uh, he asked, I guess, to play some game. And his mom said no because they're. She's like, we're trying to, you know, have a break from screen time, mm-hmm. etc. And he was visibly not happy with that mm-hmm. and body posture as well. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, this is the time. There's a couple of tools that I have and there's a ball game, I call it, which you're trying to get them out of the repetitive thoughts in their brain because he doesn't have a way to stop thinking about it as well. Mm-hmm. He's doing better. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm like, let's play the ball game. And he's like, no. I'm like, okay, well, your choice, you can move your body mm-hmm. or play the ball game. Okay, ball game. And literally within two seconds of playing the ball game, he was laughing, had forgot, you know, basically forgotten mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm like, all right, how many more times? We did 10 more throws. And mm-hmm. then I'm like, great, let's get your finish with your adjustment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was no drama. There was no conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, but his mother also is, uh, she came in for an adjustment today and she was like, um, I need some help with my emotional stuff Mm -hmm. so that, you know, she can be present Mm -hmm. with being able to be there. So she doesn't react versus respond when he's having a moment. And that's tough. And I was (laughs) glad it actually happened in the office. So I said, did you see like how I handled that? Yeah. You know, very, you know, very calmly. I didn't, I gave him a choice of what to do. It wasn't like, do you want to play ball? It was. It wasn't a question. It was A or B. Like it was posed as such. Like you have these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. Yeah. So questions with boundaries. Like if you want your child to do something, you don't go, okay. Because then they could go, no. Yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. no, now, now what do I do? Screw so his mom even said, I'm learning how to rephrase. Right. I'm learning how to, to go, hang on, that's not how I wanted to phrase that. Right. So it, it is really, I love when families come in because it really is important. If there are things going on with a child, you always have to look back and go, okay, Emma, is there something? Yeah. It's an ecosystem. I'm, exactly. So if you have a mom and dad who are checked out on their phone all the time, <laughs> not engaging with the child. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. I'm I'm a I'm at fault for that, man. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, this is I'm so grateful I have my studio here that I can kind of tuck into and do all my tech shit here and like all my EMF stuffs up in here. And I'm like, yeah. But like, it's nice. It's I I have that haven. I'm grateful for it. And 
sometimes I do catch myself quite often, and even my husband too, and like he'll hear this and be like, what the fuck? But like we're on our phone sometimes plugged in, and I'm like, okay, the kid is here. She wants to play. Like let's put that down because now she knows that I'm giving her all my attention. And like she's aware that this thing, she is, she is, she is aware now at two that this thing has access to a multitude of other energies and people. She's not dumb. Like mama didn't raise no dummy. So she, it's kind of, it's sad, but it's kind of creepy. Like when I put this down, you can see the like joy in her little face. Cause it's like, yeah, okay, here I'm with you. Like one on one, this isn't even near me. But yep. I mean, and you you hit the nail on the head with something I, I did want to bring up too and it's like this whole family environment it's always tough because we don't have a you know there's no you can read as many books as you can I think and do do you every family is different but it's all it's all that ecosystem of like everyone you know when you're you're not in that family with in them in their environment but you can kind of get a glimpse of it when they all come in and I think what's so great about coming to your practice is that you've helped educate us it's like we actually need a lot more training as parents in a way to be a good resource for our kids. And that's always challenging because there's so much out there. And be it good or bad or wrong or not, like you don't know, I suppose, until you see it and if it aligns with you and what the results are. But oh my God, like there's so much info. Um, I don't want I don't want to keep you too much longer and we have so much more to talk about. And I'd love to have you on as part two, but I did wanna like I did wanna ask you about um postpartum care. Obviously come in as you know, as quick as you can for that. But have there been, you know, like like I've been seeing you obviously since Nova was born, but is there anything that we can do as, you know, carriers, like moms, or whatever, just to like take care of ourselves better if we can't get in to see someone like yourself? I mean, like you're always you've always talked to me about like mom back. You know, I'm like, my rib is out, my rib. Is, and it's like, you know, these things develop as you're becoming a more of a parent, like carrying a kid or the shoulder bag. Like there's all these things. So I'm just wondering, you know, if if we can't get in to see someone like yourself. Do you have any words of wisdom for all those new parents out there or parents in general with whatever kid they're on of like I'm slouching right now. I can see it. I'm I'm so judgmental of myself. But, you know, what can we do maybe perhaps at home or, you know, on the fly or or whatnot? Like what what would be your like top three kind of like chiropractic tips (laughs) for self-care? Um. Well, first of all, just a note on that. Uh, in our society, there's such a stigma against taking care of the self and being, quote unquote, selfish, right? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, if you don't take care of yourself, how are you going to take care of everybody else? Right, right. Huge. There's another aspect to that, too. So we can tell our children one thing. But what are they doing? They're watching our every move. Yeah. And it's so important for them to see moms, especially taking care of themselves. So we can say to our kids, you should get off the couch and go run around outside. But if mom is sitting there, you know, slugging away, plugged in. Yeah. um, And she's not moving her body. They're going to take note of that. Yeah. You should eat more vegetables, but if mom's plate, it doesn't have any veggies on it, they're going to take note of that. Right. So when you take care of yourself, you will actually, this is an educational moment for your child. They will actually learn how to take care of themselves as they get older and become adults themselves. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So now my children are all grown. They're all adults. And I see this in them is that they are responsible for themselves and their health. Yeah. So they have taken that on. And even when they stray, they know and they know to get, you know, how to get kind of back to it. They they at least know what they need to do, even if they might not be doing like what their baseline is kind of. And yeah. Yeah, exactly. And make it their own for what that means to them as an adult, rather than just doing it because that's how they were raised. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I continue to take care of myself so that they can see, oh, 
just because you get older mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you have to degrade and not be active and, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I still hope I am an inspiration and teacher for my children as well, mm-hmm. even though we're on the next phase of our relationship where it it has to morph and shift. Mm-hmm. I can't be telling them what to do anymore. They're adults. Mm-hmm. I can make suggestions. Mm-hmm. I can tell them what my preferences are. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, they have to run their own lives. And that's the way I want it. Mm-hmm. This is why as when your children are young, you have to take that opportunity to really go, okay, what are the important concepts? What is it that I want to impart to my child? It's not just to keep them, you know, get them through whatever childhood. It's it's to carry them all the way through. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Zero to six is a crucial time when we develop these habits and patterns. So you have, that's like the primo opportunity to go, okay, what are these things that I want to instill? Right. Because to backtrack afterwards is so much harder. Right, right, right. right, So much harder. Uh, Sorry, that went down a pathway there. No, but I love that. I love that because I ask you eight questions, so it's not your fault. <laughs> I'm like eight questions in one, but because new moms think, oh, I got the baby to take care of, and the and this and that, right. and the laundry, and the f the laundry. Mm-hmm. Go take care of your core. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The laundry will still be there; it's not going anywhere. Right, but you have to make time for yourself, and uh, most new moms are not taking the time to be physically active. Go take a walk, work on your core. Your core will provide, hello there, Nova. She needed to come in and say hi. It's Dr. Christine. But I think that that's so, so empowering to hear. I, it's, you know, like I was very blessed and lucky that I have a lot of friends within my circle to also help support that too. And um, it was tough. Like, I'm sure it's been tough for a lot of parents in general, you know, partners and moms, but it is, yeah, it's like this mom guilt thing kind of sometimes where you're like, oh, daddy's in here too. Um, Well, even even (laughs) if you have to, you know, incorporate your baby, put him in the the stroller and go for a walk. Um, My son and Zach, my second one, um, my do- my first one, my daughter, she let me do whatever. I mean, she was so good. Yay. She was so easy. I was like, what are people talking about? Yeah. And then I had, and then I had Anzac. So I literally, I would have to like nurse him on the exercise bicycle if yep. I wanted to get something in it. Yep. Or I'd be laying on the floor, nursing him doing leg lifts. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that's cute. You getting it done. <laughs> that's, that's what I needed to do yeah. because I knew, you know, I need for me in order to function at a high level, yeah. I need to move my body. Yeah. Yeah. And I you're taking care sure of I'm other people strong. too. Like, yeah. you know, and are you seeing that too in your practice? Like, are you kind of seeing this, like a little bit of that divide, like people that maybe just don't have the spot to do that. And then, you know, you're seeing other patients that are and like, I'm sure that you're feeling that in their bodies, perhaps, or like, you know, everyone's different, obviously, but you know, it's challenging. I I don't know if it's just the people attracted to me, but I, I make a detailed plan. So it's very specific to them. And I do have some physical movement videos on my YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. So I've got, mm-hmm. you know, some basic core exercises and et cetera. Um, but... Uh, when they have other things going on, I'll also be like, do this, that, and the other thing. Like yeah. today I have a pregnant woman that came in and her low back on each side of her spine is so tight. Now she had great results after one adjustment. This was her second time coming in, mm-hmm. but it was the same area. So I showed her a couple of different ways to stretch that out awesome. during her day Yeah, since she sits so much. Yeah. So I tried to to make it so it's not overwhelming and doable in a small period of time. And I like to call it movement rather than exercise because that has a negative connotation and a, Oh, I got to go to the gym. I have to have the pressure, special workout gear. And it has to be for like an hour. And I'm like, not necessarily. Yeah. 
great if you can, but you, not necessarily. It could be just putting some music on and jumping around. It could just be getting up from your chair and doing a few stretches to move. Right. Um, working on your core. There's one called the transverse abdominus yeah. exercise. I'm doing it right now. That's for the lower abs. You can do that at any point postpartum. Yeah. Uh, even if you've had a C-section, you can do this. You can do it in pregnancy. And it's important because it does help support everything in there so that you're not going to strain your back. Right. And um, with all the, the, you know, the stuff you're lugging. And I would say another point being while you're pregnant, work on your upper body strength because you're going to need it sucks. for everything you do. <laughs> yeah. So unfortunately, <laughs> I had a prenatal yoga DVD that I put out in 2004, but the the, um, you know, everything's MP3 or four format now. And I just never followed through to switch it out. Um, but maybe one day I will, because the information's still applicable, but you should definitely be working on your upper body strength. That's amazing. So that when the baby comes out, you're not suffering, um, with back issues. I feel yeah. like that's my life. Like <laughs> my rib is still kind of like icky. For all of you listening, I've had a rib out for a while and I saw Dr. Christine a few weeks ago and then I did some move picking up my kid. I'm like, oh, there it goes again. But <laughs> ah, mom life, parent life. I I honestly, we could we could keep talking for hours and hours and I feel like I need to have you back for a part two. Um, I mean... To kind of wrap this episode with you, I have to ask a question. I mean, like, you've done so much in your life. Is there something in your life that looking back on, you were like, oh, I didn't think I could do that. But then you did it that you're, you know, you're like, wow, this happened. You know what I mean? Like, is there is there a milestone in your life that you recall that's like a you did it? God, that's crazy. You know, I've always kind of just listened to my intuition on my path and I never I don't know is it weird that I never doubt myself no no I (laughs) I love that I love that I mean within things have some things been more successful sure but um (laughs) and like anything else when you first learn a new skill you suck at it first and it's hard but I actually just um So I do aerial arts and I usually do one aerial silks routine a month and maybe a trapeze one. Amazing. And it's uh, it's in this group that I belong to that Silk Stars Challenge. And this one uh, particular move this past month was it has always been a challenge for me, but I did it. Not only did I do it once, but twice in a row. You did it. So I did do it. Um, cause I could have just said, eh, that's a hard move. I don't want to do that. But I really took it upon myself, uh, and challenged myself to do it. And even if it wasn't the most graceful or the best thing, so what? Yeah. I think it's, it's the point being that we all need to get out of our comfort zones and try things and we may not be great at them, but so what? You know, that's not the point. It's to have the experience. Yeah. So I guess, um, yeah, I just go, always go into things with like, all right, I'm going to do the best that I can. And yeah, I could say I, I did it. You did it. I, yeah, I did it. <laughs> if Nova was still here, she would be the one saying it for you. That's her slogan these days. I did it. Well, <laughs> so hence exactly. the name of the podcast. We need to be more like young children who find joy in doing things just for the the point of doing them. True. True, true. Um, And for all of you listening and watching out there, people can find you on Los Angeles-chiropractor.com. People can find you on Los Los Angeles-chiropractor.com. Did I say that right Correct. for the third time? Second time? You did. One more time. Los Angeles. Lo- <laughs> I 
can't even say. LosAngeles-chiropractor.com. She is open to taking new beautiful baby patients into her practice. You can find her in Los Angeles. Head over to her site. Head over to her YouTube and her podcast. And thank you again, Dr. Chris. It was such a pleasure having you on the podcast and having these brilliant conversations together. You're welcome. I feel like I'm going to have to have you on again for like a part two because there are still so many questions I have and I know maybe some of our listeners and viewers might have. I will keep you posted and I hope your schedule allows for it. Absolutely. I'd love to. And once again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You did it. You were here. (laughs) And I love watching your beautiful family grow up healthy and happy. Thank you. Thanks for taking us under your wing, and I hope you have an amazing day. I already have been. (laughs) Thank you so much, and thanks for listening, everybody. You did it. You showed up. You listened and tuned in. So make sure you subscribe if you can, and stay tuned for our next episode.